0: Grab your Bibles, if you would, and open it up to Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter three. We're continuing uh, the series uh, greater than, that Jesus Christ is greater than whatever we are experiencing or whatever uh, we are uh, going through. Jesus Christ is enough. His grace is sufficient. Uh, That means it's more than enough for what we have. And as you're looking for that, if you don't have a Bible, you can raise your hand and, and one of our... Uh, delightful people will be glad to bring you one by but we want to look at these uh, verses in Colossians 3 together but I'm going to date some of us right here because um, uh, we're going to go way back there's a couple examples I'm going to go way back on but uh, there used to be a commercial on TV that said when E.F. Hutton speaks what it's something like that there was a lot of word when E. F. Hutton speaks, people listen, and uh, so uh, <clears throat> I, I think that the first one of those was like in the '60s uh, that that came on, and um, and it had to do about investments and things of that nature. But when when you know that was that was their claim to fame as far as you know uh, brokers and investment. But in the spiritual world, when Tony Evans speaks. We should listen. And uh, this past Wednesday, I saw something come up on the email uh, uh, from Christian Headlines that said uh, that Tony Evans, in an interview, said that America is facing God's judgment because Christians are failing to represent God's kingdom. Um and uh to follow up on that, you know one of uh, one, one of the people in our culture that has my ear this day and time is Jim Dennison, and many of you. Uh, are a part of Denison Forum, and you get uh, that each and every day. It's on podcasts and uh, uh, Spotify, whatever, whatever. But every day, there's this uh, cultural commentary as far as from a biblical standpoint, uh, as far as what's going on and how we as Christians should live. But he, he on Friday, uh, in his um, uh, forum, he had this to say. He says, Dr. Tony Evans is one of the most brilliant biblical expositors in the evangelical world. Always measured and thoughtful, he is the opposite of a reactionary voice. As a result, when he says America's under judgment, you and I should listen, and when he explains why, we should listen even more personally. Now, I want to just share a little bit about what, what he referred to uh, in, in his interview. He had this to say, and he cited Second Chronicles 5, 15, verses 3 through 6, where it says one nation was being crushed by another and one city by another because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. He also pointed to Romans chapter 1, which talks about God removing himself from those who removed themselves from God. And... Um, uh, Dr. Evans says, I think that one of the things that we're facing now is a judgment on America because of the failure of the church to be the people of God that represents his kingdom more than we represent the nation. We've been more cultural Christians than biblical Christians. What an indictment. Uh, and in and, and reality, what, what he is describing is The fact that we're not doing what we've been looking at, what Paul has been screaming from the mountaintops, especially here in Colossians chapter three, it's in Colossians chapter three. I don't know what heading you have in your Bible, but in mine, before the third chapter of Colossians begins, it says rules for holy living. And what it basically is saying, this is how we should live as followers of Jesus Christ. This is this is exactly what we need to be thinking about this is where our affection should be this this is our roadmap as far as how to live the christian life and he begins. Uh, just a quick recap he says right off the bat he says since we've been raised with christ we need to set our hearts on things above he says set our minds on things above so he's saying we we need to be focused on all that we are in Christ Jesus, understanding what Christ has accomplished for us, and it's a a, a Christ life and not a self life. Uh, uh, Dr. James Dennison also referred to, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not familiar with this person, I should be, but he referred to um uh, uh, Another cultural theologian, Alan Nobles, who had a book called You Are Not Your Own, Belonging to God in an Inhuman World. And, and ba- the basic assertion of this book is this. We either belong to ourselves or we belong to God. And too much in America, we think individual, individualistically. We kind of think of me, myself, and I and how, how it just affects me. But the f- truth is we belong to God. And the only way that we will ever be able to embrace what Paul is talking about in Colossians chapter 3 is to understand that, to understand that what Paul has said, say, since you have died with Christ, and then, you know, and our life is hidden with him. We, we live out of that mindset. We live out of that heartbeat. We live out of that aspiration. And then he says there's some things that, you know, understand our identity in Christ, but then there are things that we've got to put to death from the, from the flesh Standpoint, or from the self standpoint, there there are things that are this world that have kind of attached themselves like barnacles to a ship. He says, get rid of those, attach them to the cross, nail them to the cross every single time, and then again embrace the reality that we are living from the resources of Jesus Christ and not from ourselves. You know, it's that old adage. You know, somebody said, you know. The Christian life is not just hard. It's impossible. We can't do it apart from the empowering presence of Jesus Christ. And so Paul is saying, this is how you live. And the only way that we are going to represent Jesus Christ in a culture with so much hate, so much division in a world with so much chaos is, is to really take to heart what Paul is saying here and let this be where our allegiance is and not not tossed to and fro. And so he picks up in verse 15, as he's been saying, okay, set your hearts, set your minds, put this stuff to death, clothe yourself with Jesus Christ, live like this with other people. And then he picks up at verse 15. Let's read together. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is God's word for us today. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, we do thank you for this opportunity. Uh, for us to gather and to, Lord Jesus, sit at your feet. We acknowledge your presence here, but we know that you can't be a part of division or, Lord, if we are choosing the self life rather than you, because you are one. So we want to come humbly, individually and as one body, we want to come humbly and confess. That apart from you, we can do nothing. And Lord, we do see uh, so much destruction, so much devastation, so much division. And Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit today would make known to us very clearly where, Lord, we are more cultural in our Christianity than we are of kingdom mindset. Lord, you have said that we are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. Oh, Father, I pray that right now, that as the world around us gets darker, the greater the light that we would be. Lord, draw us to yourself. Forgive us for where we fail you, but empower us through your Holy Spirit as your living word takes place within us right now. And we make it, Lord, our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen all right so uh, here's here's Paul there are three things here he's saying that we are we are not going to represent God's kingdom we we are not going to live life to the fullest're we're, 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 we're not going to understand what it mean, means to be kingdom kids unless these things uh, happen unless we allow this to happen and us collectively not just individually but in us collectively and the first thing is just simply this he's saying okay as you live your life, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Okay. The only way you're going to represent Jesus, only way that you're going to experience the uh, abundant life is to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Now, what does he mean by peace of Christ? He's not talking about just a feeling. It's not talking about the absence of conflict. But what he's talking about, he answered in the gospel of John, chapter 14, 27, when, when he says, you know, I... Give you peace, he says. uh, He says, "I leave you my peace, and I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubling, and do not be afraid." He said, "I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my peace." And what did he mean by that? He said, "I'm giving you myself." And and Ephesians, uh, Paul says, "He himself is our peace." So. Christ is our peace. It's not just something he gives us. It's himself that he's given us, the person of Jesus Christ. And so he's saying, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Okay, follower of Jesus Christ. As you live each and every day, each and every moment of every day, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Now, to me, it's always been an interesting uh, order here. It says, let the peace of Christ rule. Let the word of Christ dwell, and then let the name of Christ be glorified. Now, I've always often wondered, you know, why, why would it not be let the word of Christ rule and the peace dwell? Doesn't that kind of make sense? Let the word rule, and then peace will dwell. But let's look and see what this says. What does he mean by let the peace of Christ rule in your heart? Now, rule there is an athletic term. Basically, it's saying, let the peace of Christ, let Jesus be your umpire. Now, I'm going to date some of you again. How many of y'all remember, uh, you know, when you were watching sports or something like that, uh, it was a a little blip uh, on TV that says, you make the call. How many of y'all remember that? Let me see. Let me see those hands. Some of you. Okay. And basically, what was going on was this. They they would they would show and describe a play in football or baseball or whatever the case. Let's just say for example football. Uh, Joe Namath backs up the pass. He falls down. He throws the pass out to the flats. Somebody catches it and makes a first down. Is that a first down or was he down there? Now you make the call and then it would break off and then it would go to another commercial and then it would come back and it would explain what was going on. Uh, And um, by the way, you can fall in pro sports and throw a pass off your hiney and it still be a first down. Why? Because you're not down. Somebody touches you now, unless you know the rules of the game, you can miss that. Last night, was watching our Auburn Tigers play in a regional baseball game in Auburn, and uh, there was a play at the plate where one of our guys came in and slid in, and and you know they called him out, and I went, no, he was safe, no, he was safe. Now I was making the call that he was safe. It looked very, very clearly to me that he was safe, but then they went to replay. And they showed that the catcher actually blocked his hand from touching the plate. Even though he got there, you know, before the ball, he'd never touched the plate. Therefore, he was out. I didn't do a very good job making the call. And 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 this passage right here just saying, you and me left up to ourselves. We're not going to make we're not going to do a good job at making the call. There's so many things that that come into play that we often make the wrong call. And we base it on allegiance. Uh, We base it maybe on comfort. We base it on convenience. We base it off of maybe world think. There's so many things that keep us from making the right call when it comes to living our lives every single day as a follower of Jesus Christ. And so... It's saying that, you know, whatever the issue is, whatever is in question, let Jesus make the call. Let Jesus make the call. How is it that you should spend your money? It's saying, let Jesus make the call. Who has more influence on how you do your finances? The world? Your spouse? Your kids? Um yourself who who it's in every issue of life when it comes to your marriage who makes the call is it what society says what culture says what jesus says when it comes to being a parent uh, who makes the call when it comes to relationships and how you should uh treat other people who's making the call and right here it says let the peace of christ rule in your heart let jesus make the call in every aspect and and how to to live life how to spend your time how how to how to do church how to be the church let jesus make the call and and so um the question comes for each of us a good question that we could ask the lord right now because he is here Am I letting you make the call? Or where am I not letting you make the call? Is there somewhere in my life that because I'm, <laughs> I've elevated me above you, that I'm, just, I'm at peace? I'm at peace with making my own call. Lord, would you please show me? As Christians, if we're going to see a, a turn... As, as followers of Jesus, if we're going to be kingdom kids and not cultural Christians, then it is imperative that we come and deal with this, get serious, get honest with Jesus. How, how should I live here? How, how should I respond here? What should my attitude be? What, what should my belief be when it comes to this? He's saying that if we're going to live as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to let the peace of Christ rule in the heart. Now, how, how do we do that? How do we let Jesus make the call? And the fact of the matter is, here, listen to this. He's already made the call. He's already made the call. But sometimes we don't know what that call is. And that's because of this second thing. Because he said, if we're going to be followers of Christ, we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. But we let the word of Christ dwell in our hearts richly richly look at that it says uh <clears throat> kenneth weiss a theologian said the presence of jesus through the holy spirit can make the call only to the extent to which we know the word so here comes back to do i know the word do i know what god says or, or am i just kind of parakeeting what others say god says you know, there's so many things out there that are just espoused in Christendom that's just not true. You know, God helps those who help themselves, you know, all kind of stuff. But it's not God's Word. We're taking the easy way out so often instead of letting uh, God's Word dwell in us richly. But um, he's saying, let the Word of Christ Dwell in you, the living words of Scripture are brought to life by the Holy Spirit. Paul began that in Colossians chapter one, the very at the very outset, talking about the Word of Christ in our heart. Now, the dwell that word dwell just simply means to fill and be at home. Let God's Word fill at home, be at home in you. So here's a good question, Lord. Is your living word just at home Does it dwell in me richly is it, i mean when it comes to every aspect of life, how to treat someone, how to view what's going on in with our world how to how to do marriage how how to be a parent how to find is your word dwelling is it at home a good a good example of that as far as dwelling is uh I mean, you can still do it today, but, you know, when all our kids were young, and growing up, you know, six kids, and they we're all there. And if you ever came to my house, uh, as uh, Evan's dad used to say, you know, he would come and spend an hour in our house, and he felt like he was there 10. Uh, I mean, you know why? Because our kids dwelt in our house. They were at home. They um they, they, they felt at home at our house and that's what it's saying let god's word just be at home uh in in your life um and and the reality is is that um so often we're, we're just we're not we don't know the word and, and, you know, matter of fact, I just got this book, by the way, this is another Denison deal. It's uh, a light unto my path, a practical guide to studying the Bible. And, and, and on the back, it says, it's not about getting through the Bible. It's about God getting through to you. And, and, you know, it's like, Boy, we 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 invest so much time, effort, energy, thought, and focus on so many things in this world, but but the the one there are two things that will last: people and God's word. People and God's word. And the only way this is going to dwell, fill at home, is because, is when we get into it. Matter of fact, there's some of you God's going to put on your heart to say, "Hey, I want to let's just do a group and and." And and let's go through this book. Why do we read the Bible? How was the Bible created? Why do we need uh, to interpret the Bible? What's the Bible all about? What are the best tools for studying the Bible? What can I learn from others? How can I learn from myself? Just some practical stuff.
1: Here's the deal. Peace rules where the word dwells. And there's
0: man i met this past week with a couple of folks and and there's been a lot of fear and then and there's just no peace and all that kind of stuff but the, the the reality is is that we're not going to get that peace and we often pray for peace but until the word dwells until the words dwelling in our heart we're not going to we're not going to experience that and he says not just dwell there just sit there but it says let it dwell in you richly it's kind of like uh you know um the the lemon pies at little schoolhouse but it's got that little tart that little, it's got that kick in it it's like mm, you can taste that you know it's 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 not just a little bit of lemon it's some lemon lemon and that's what he's saying Let god's word the living the living word of god under the inspiration of the spirit of god because Jesus
1: is our life and our identity, He is in us. He says, let it dwell in you richly. You know, whenever whenever God's words dwelling in us richly, and it's going
0: like, shoot, I think I want that chair over there, and you're going, ah. You know, hey, let's just take this out, get rid of that, and let's do some renovations over here. And you're going, ah. No, does God, have you given him permission to do that in your life? I've always thought, "Uh, uh," and he said, let's get rid of that. Let, 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 Let me speak truth to you about who
1: you are, about that relationship, about forgiveness. It's powerful stuff.
0: Through the word, Jesus makes the call with ourselves and with our relationship with God, with others that are around us. And it's it's vital if we are going to be kingdom kids and the light that Jesus wants us to be. Here's a challenge. Make an adjustment, make a radical adjustment to eliminate some social media, to eliminate some uh tv time to eliminate even some sleep or whatever it is and make room for god's word because peace rules where the word dwells and if it means that we need to uh, adjust our schedules adjust our time our folks whatever to be able to do this together we all we're always better together right Get some others to do it with you. Uh, and I'll, re- I'll provide whatever resources so that God's word. Ask him to give you a, just a heartbeat and a hunger for his word. Uh, because peace rule uh, where the word dwells. And if the peace of God is ruling and the word of God is dwelling, you can be sure that this is happening. The name of Jesus is glorified. Now, what Tony Evans was saying is that the name of Jesus is not being lifted
1: up cultural christianity's been lifted up but jesus not being lifted up it, it's because peace is not ruling words not dwelling
0: but when peace is ruling and words dwelling the name of jesus is lifted up you can clearly see jesus high and lifted up in our thoughts in our conversations and we get we get excited about what god's doing we get we just we get, like when we hear the number, what was that number? 60, 60 children received Jesus Christ, professions of faith in Jesus Christ. That's what we cheer for. We get, we, we get a little bit crazy about that, more so than we do about our beloved Auburn Tigers score. How many runs we score?
1: Yes, say 17. Oh my goodness. No, no, we go, man. So he's saying, let the, peace of, let the peace of Christ rule, let the word of
0: Christ dwell, and then let the name of Christ be glorified in everything, in everything. In, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your finances, in your relationships, and, and, and work, every aspect of it. Let, the, let the name of Christ be glorified in everything. And this happens whenever we come to an end of self-rule and self-reliance. Jesus is glorified for because never for a moment do we sit idly by and think that we've done it because we know that it's all him. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we adore him and we praise him and we embrace him. Col- Colossians 2, 6 captures what he means in this verse. He says, just as you receive Christ, continue to live in him. It's by faith. It's a life of faith. It's a life of trust. Every aspect of our life. Trusting, knowing that our identity is found in Christ and what he's done. Our purpose is found in Christ and what he's done. Our hope is found in Christ and what he's done. Our authority is found in Christ and what he's done. Our strength is found in Christ and what he's done. The message paraphrase says this. It says, let every detail of your life, words, actions, and whatever be done in Jesus. Every aspect, every aspect of our life. God, forgive us
1: for being so selfish and self-oriented as he's talking here he's talking collectively to the church
0: god revive and restore and renew us so that the name of christ is glorified in everything really the, the meaning of that verse is something that i used to annoy my kids with and now i sing to my my, my two granddaughters if they if i get them in if i get them in the morning it's rise and shine and give God the glory, glory, rise and shine, and give God the glory, glory, you know, every single day. And, and that's what he said, he's saying in this. And he's saying that last phrase, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's really the third time in these three short verses that he's mentioned thankfulness. Verse 15, he says, You know, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts as memorable and be thankful. And then he says, let the word of Christ dwell and have gratitude in your hearts. And then again, in verse 17, giving thanks. So it's what Pastor Aaron was reading in Psalm 145 earlier is every single day, whether we feel like it or the circumstance, we're, we're giving thanks to God. Why? Because he is the very essence of our life. He's the one who's given it all for us. So we've established this, peace rules where the word dwells. And and as one person put it, when there is peace in your heart, there will be praise on your lips. And if, if there's not continuous praise and gratitude on our lips, then it's an indication there's not peace in our heart. I mean, we may be getting by, but then that's an indication that, well, is the word at home? Is the word dwelling in my heart? So many times we're going, I just struggle. I don't understand. That's the reason we need one another in this. That's the reason we have teachers. That's the reason we have leadership. That's the reason we get together in the study of God's word. And then it flows out into our individual life. When King David uh, refused to let the word of Christ dwell, and there were a couple of times uh, uh, he, he, was, he was running for life. Not only did he sin, but he tried to ignore it, but he lost his peace and he lost his praise. And he, he reveals how to deal with that in, in, in Psalm 32 and Psalm 51. If you're here today and, you know, be honest with yourself, if you've lost your peace, and if you honestly are looking at your life and there's, there's, there's 10 times more praise for your portfolio or for your favorite sports team or for your relationship than there is for Jesus. Maybe allow, maybe let David, maybe let David be an encouragement to you. And what all he says is simply this: I
1: acknowledge that. To my God, I acknowledged it. And he says, He just restored me. He lifted my soul and there's the peace and there's the praise
0: of God in our lives each and every day.
1: I agree with God and his peace and praise return. Are you willing to say right now, Jesus, you make the call pray with me father god lord we pray that we would not just uh this would not just be
0: business as usual but lord there's (laughs) the good news is there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus and yet oh holy spirit we pray that your spirit of conviction would show
1: us where we're missing the boat. Lord, show us where, we, where we've abandoned you, where we've, Lord, idolized ourselves or idolized culture. And Lord, we pray that through your presence and your living word, Jesus, that you bring your peace. So we'll have peace with our Father, God. Lord Jesus,
0: you are our peace. And then, Lord, that we
1: would be able to experience peace within our hearts and our peace and within our relationships. Show us the step you would have us take today for our good and ultimately for your glory. And Lord, if there's someone here today that you're you're knocking on their heart's door that
0: they just... Calling them to yourself, Lord, I pray that they would just open their heart, open their life to you, and receive you
1: as the Prince of Peace into their life for the forgiveness of sins and for life eternal. Jesus, we say to you right now
0: in our lives individually, but more so in our lives collectively here as the body of Christ. Jesus, you make the call, and we will trust
1: you, and we will obey you in how you lead us. For we make this our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.